Locked On Podcast Network and Radio.com present Locked On Today. Team LeBron drops 170 on Team Durant. What happened to the ACC this year? Plus, the Nets add another piece. So who can stop them now? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. In what could be an NBA Finals preview, in a way, Team LeBron triumphed over Team Durant in the All-Star game on Sunday night by a score that I can't even really explain because of the Elam ending, but suffice it to say, they won. Dame Lillard hit a three to win it. Giannis Antetokounmpo is the MVP, setting a record for most field goals in an All-Star game without a miss. Joining me now from Locked on Mavs and Locked on NBA, Nick Angstad and Nick there is this sort of conventional wisdom that says you can take the temperature of the league in a given season by the all-star game. How much from a game like this are you taking away about the state of the league and the players who matter in the league? So you can take away a lot from a game like this. I think in, in years past we can, when we had the Durant versus LeBron, like going back and forth, that was super fun. But in a game like this, when Durant isn't playing, and Team Durant was just so undermanned. I mean, they, you just look at their starting lineups. Uh, they're just completely lacking in um, viable players, I guess, because Embiid is out. He's probably the MVP of the league. Durant is out. There's just so many good players that are out from that team. Uh, and then, the, I mean, the best team in the league record-wise has maybe the three worst players <laughs> in the game. In, in Gobert. At least they released the, the last two players drafted in Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, and then Mike Conley as a replacement. So... It's kind of a weird year where you look at some of the best stars aren't necessarily on the best teams. And LeBron was kind of mailing it in there. He played in the first half, but only scored four points on his own team. His name is on everything, and he's like barely even trying. So I don't know how much you take from that. They're probably the best, the actual best team in the NBA. And then, you know, you have Giannis going after it. You have Dame Lillard going after it. I'm not sure those two teams are as, you know, as good as those two players are. So I'm not sure exactly how much you can take from a game like this, but uh, and especially since Team LeBron is just so far ahead, there wasn't really any clutch time or crunch time. Sometimes when you get to the end there, like a couple of years ago, we saw when they first did the Elam ending, you're like, oh, dang, who are they putting out there? Who matters? Like, who's the big men that can actually play and all that kind of stuff? I don't think we got that in this game. In terms of you know the modified schedule, the three-point contest before the game, you had the dunk contest at halftime. Do you think that this is a, a schedule that they could maybe pull from? I mean, are there things that the NBA could learn from to just say, hey, you know, maybe maybe compacting all of this actually works in a situation like this? Well, the whole idea of it is to have an all-star weekend, right? And so you make it a whole event. And the whole, the whole big deal is that it's so fun to go to all-star weekend and be at all the events and do stuff and have media days and have the practices where they live stream it and all that kind of stuff and do the Rising Stars game that they didn't get to do this year with the, the rookies and sophomores and all that kind of stuff. And so I understand if you have everything, like the whole kit and caboodle, you have a whole weekend for it. But in a kind of, you know, shortened, like just one all-star day like this, I mean, as a media person, I liked it, right? Like I enjoyed having just one day to get all this in and to have basically I sit in front of TNT for five hours and, and watch it all and get it all uh, out of the way kind of deal. But as a fan, that's a long time to sit in front of a TV to, get, to keep my attention. So I liked the... 
you know, the shortened version where they had the dunk contest at halftime. And it sort of took away the – it took away from the – like, the dunk contest this year wasn't that exciting, right? Like, there's a couple of good dunks here and there, but it wasn't anything – it wasn't like Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon. It wasn't, you know, obviously Jordan and Dominique Wilkins. And so – it took some of the onus away from that having to have so much pressure on it, right? Because, oh, we have the three-point contest, and then the, the All-Star game is actually going to be played. And so instead of just being disappointed by little things, you got to kind of have the whole thing in front of you and then make your decision after that if you're disappointed or not. And instead you got to be disappointed by the whole thing. I guess that was one way to go. <laughs> Where have all the Blue Bloods gone? What happened in the ACC this year? That's next. Today's episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. Just because the NFL is over doesn't mean there still aren't plenty of ways for you to make some money betting on your sports knowledge. And there's one place that has you covered, one place that we trust. That's betonline.ag. And right now, when you sign up for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on, you will get a 50% welcome bonus. That means they will give you money just for putting money in your account. It couldn't be easier. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. There's NBA to bet on, college basketball. Baseball is going to be here before you know it. Hockey, golf is a blast to gamble on. And when you go to betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On, you will get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Golden State Warriors star Steph Curry won his second three-point contest Sunday. Curry scored 28 points in the final round of the contest, nailing his last money ball shot to beat Utah Jazz guard Mike Conley's total of 27. In the skills challenge, it was Indiana Pacers for DeMontis Sabonis outdueling the Orlando Magic's Nikola Vucevic in the final round of the skills challenge. And in the dunk contest, an anticlimactic dunk contest, I might add, Trailblazers guard Anthony Simons topped Knicks forward Obi Toppin in the final to take home the 2021 slam dunk crowd. In his second dunk, Simons used a pop-a-shot hoop stuck in the backboard to situate the ball 12 feet above the ground. Simons is the first Trailblazer ever to win the dunk contest. Michigan State's NCAA tournament streak under basketball Hall of Fame coach Tom Izzo appears to be alive and well after it was in dire straits just a month ago. The Spartans beat number two Michigan on Sunday 70-64 and have won five of their past seven games, beating number four Ohio State, number five Illinois, and now number two Michigan in the span of just 16 days. Here's head coach Tom Izzo. You know what? I'm not politicking for anything. I we did just about everything we could do and i think that because of our league because of the other teams in our league because of how good michigan is how good ohio state is how good iowa is how good illinois might be as good as everybody um and to think we beat three out of the four top five teams um yeah i think uh you know if i had a vote um i'd vote us in Here is another story you need to know. North Carolina beat Duke 91-73 over the weekend. And you'll notice I didn't add the rankings because neither of these teams are ranked. In fact, it's hard to remember 
a game between these two teams, these two blue bloods that has mattered, frankly, less than this one did. Joining me now from Locked on Tar Heels, Candace Cooper. And Candace, I'm sorry to say that, uh, <laughs> but it, it does seem true right now. The ACC, which has been a powerhouse conference in college basketball, has really taken a backseat to the Big 12, the Big 10 so far this season. What has gone wrong for the ACC? You know, I don't think it's more more so about what's gone wrong, but the fact that the fountain of youth is not always a benefit for college basketball, right? We're so used to guys being dominant because they've had a nice summer to get things flowing, you know, mm. the of the world and we can just have a great summer where you're there for 10 months and you go about your way unfortunately these guys didn't have that opportunity and you saw with the deuce and carolinas of the world they're having freshman guards kind of lead them with <laughs> blindly almost right <laughs> you're learning yeah. a lot on the fly and i think it was just anybody's game on any given night night after night you thought the acc was just all over the place because it was <laughs> right you never knew there was no dominant figurehead to me, you know, besides Florida State has some good moments, but then they just dropped a game against Notre Dame, you know, two nights ago. So it's just those things that ultimately whoever was feeling it that night, which should make a great for a great tournament, ultimately, um, soon down the line. I think it's just, you know, youth, youth is something that we all brag about. We all want yet not so much when it comes to college basketball. Can you remember a time? I mean, it seems like we have to go back a long way to when the ACC, especially Carolina and Duke, were having these matchups where it's just like, yeah, they're on ESPN and and yeah, you know, the Cameron crazies are going nuts. But like in the in the grand scheme of things in college basketball, it kind of doesn't matter. Right. I mean, you've learned to really appreciate college hoops and college rivalries, especially the UNC Duke rivalry. You appreciate the crazies more so now that you see without them, Duke is right. not Team, right. So I think it's something that certainly speaks to what college basketball is really all about. Not seeing the yelling at a nice last minute shot, you know, all of that good stuff that will help while there be limited fans. It's just not the same feel. So I think, you know, going back to the early 90s when I was just a wee, wee lad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we've seen some like decent, you know, basketball we, or one team was more dominant than the other. But I think this is the first time in a long time where we've seen the Blue Buds really flat. Yeah, it's sort of the opposite of of the haters are furious. The haters are <laughs> they're just loving this season of college basketball in the ACC. Right. I, I mean, they should, though. Right. I think it's about time where you get some new, fresh energy. I really applaud Leonard Hamilton and what he's done with Florida State. I think that Virginia's finally started to make a consistent run. They've been the longest NCAA champions ever, you know, for by, right. very <laughs> <laughs> So they can enjoy that for as long as they can. But, you know, it's, it's time for some fresh, fresh ideas, fresh coaching techniques. I don't know. But we also think about the fact that at the end of the day, college basketball is just different and it's shifting. And maybe it just speaks to the fact that there's more talent out there, right, instead of just having – the blue blood you can go be a success story at different schools the nets add another all-star albeit past his prime so who can stop them now today's episode is brought to you by built bar we've been telling you about it for months the best tasting protein bar on the market built bar is amazing low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber amazing protein bar 100 covered in chocolate now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup, Apple Almond Crisp versus Churro Puff and Peanut Butter Brownie versus Raspberry. Peanut Butter Brownie, delicious. 
The other one is tough because we've got, you know, that that vague cinnamon in both of them. Oof, that one that one is tough. I think I'm going to go apple almond crisp, but it's tough. It's tough. These they're they're all so delicious. Go to builtbar.com or to at built underscore bar on Twitter and let us know what you think. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. This is LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check pack to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. The Brooklyn Nets are adding another all-star. Blake Griffin reportedly headed to Brooklyn after being bought out by the Detroit Pistons. Joining me now from Locked on Nets, Adam Armbrecht. And Adam, the Nets were already the number two team in the East, just a half a game behind the Philadelphia 76ers. And Blake Griffin is going to come in and presumably bolster a bench that could use it, frankly. So what is the best way to use Blake Griffin on this particular team? Doug and I just talked about it on our on our next episode of Locked on Nets. Um, I posed it as, think of DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin as being two halves of one body. Uh, you know, <laughs> you're effectively, you if you're a Nets fan, you should look at it as, we want to get functionality out of the out of minute shares. And, and we've seen that DeAndre Jordan is not a 30, 35 minute guy game. Neither should Blake Griffin be. So, I, But I think that they each do complementary things as far as where they are in their careers now. And you can get value out of each of them as long as you use them the right way and don't try to overextend or or cast your mind back to the Lob City days. I'm going to put you in the unenviable position of of potentially arguing against your fan base. I look at this team, and even before Blake Griffin, I looked at Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. This team is is destroying people without Kevin Durant, who at the beginning of the season looked like old Kevin Durant and not old Kevin Durant. Like Blake Griffin looks like old Blake Griffin, not old Blake Griffin. <laughs> yeah. I just don't know how. I mean, I know Joel Embiid could score 50 every game in that series. I just don't see how anyone can stop them. Can anyone stop them? Yeah. You know, I think Doug even leaned into this a little bit quicker than I did, but name the team that can beat them four out of seven games, right? And I've had friends who said, well, Embiid, and he's a monster, and they have Tobias Harris, and you have Ben Simmons, he's a versatile defender. Great. Nobody else has. You want to take away Kevin Durant? Deal with Harden and with Irving. You want to, even if you're a team that can take away two of them, you still have to deal with the third. So, uh, no, I, I really don't think so. It's going to be exciting to see, but uh, we have them earmarked for the finals as it stands right now. The other side of this coin, if I'm going to, you know, argue both sides, is look, Joel Embiid legitimately could put up 40 plus on them every every game. They don't. I mean, DeAndre Jordan has looked a little fresher than he did at times last year, right? Uh, but they still, Blake Griffin does not help them with that problem. Blake Griffin is not helping them keep Giannis from getting to the rim. Um, so, I mean, how how are they going to defend players that can do that? Because if, if they go to the finals, they have the Lakers with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, or they have, you know, the Clippers with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George guys who, again, versatile wing defenders, all of that, all of those things. If, if you're going to put together a scenario where they do get stopped. What does that team look like? Yeah, I, I, I think the Lakers are a good example of a team because Anthony Davis and his size combine with perimeter shooting. So now you're asking things of the Brooklyn Nets defensively that maybe they, they're going to struggle with. So even when you talk about an Embiid and say, oh, the guy's going to get into the paint. Okay, fine. We'll throw bodies at you. 
we'll, we'll maybe rack up some fouls over the course of the game. And even though it's not our favorite thing to lean into, twos are less than threes. Uh, you know, so if you want to funnel Embiid and allow him to dominate in the paint, that's great. At a certain point, you're going to find yourself maybe down seven to 10 points and say, now we need to start to extend out. Now we need to almost take Embiid out of what his best value is and start to ask him to shoot from the perimeter and look at those matchups. From a Nets perspective, again, say throwing bodies at them, Griffin is at least marginally more athletic and versatile on perimeter defense than DeAndre Jordan, who wants to get lead footed in the paint. You throw in even a young Claxton who can also do those things has already shown. They could pick up guards going through the paint as well. It's a rotational cast from that four or five position. And I, I just think that maybe it's about having enough veteran smart basketball, smart guys on this roster to be able to kind of throw waves of competency at other teams and say, do you, are you deep enough to continue to run with us? And finally, Phil Mickelson has fallen out of the top 100 of the official World Golf Rankings for the first time since 1993. He stayed in the top 100 for a record 1,425 weeks. Mickelson, who did not play this week's Arnold Palmer Invitational, fell to 101 after starting the year at 66. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets, download and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Coming up on Tuesday, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons were pulled from the All-Star game for COVID-19 contact tracing. Will they be able to return this week? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.